Blog Talk Radio. Priestess and the Cauldron, a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Here we go. I know. It's like, take it away. And I, all I keep hearing is, you know, take it on the road. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> well, that's kind of happening. <laughs> I know it is. We we kind of are doing it all over the place, and you're in one place, I'm in another. So this is another one of our fabulous pre-records coming to you from the future. Um, that's right. Actually, and it's a part two of one that we did uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it'll be officially yep. two or three weeks from now. Um, it's about uh, bottle spells and containers. Right. And hard spells, not, you know, the softer ones, um, right. and all their wonderful things. So as we do, we're going to, obviously, we can't say what happened this week, but what is going on in your life, Phoenix? What is, what is Well, happening? I hinted to this with you before the radio show started, but I had a, I've been teaching a six-week class, and it just ended this week, and, um, and it's a, it's a challenging, it's, it's called the Iron Pentacle, it's a reclaiming class and it's also related to the Anderson fairy tradition but um, one of the important lessons that I've learned in stepping into teaching is when you teach a class you're also doing the work it's not like you get away from doing the work when you are a teacher you're, you're still doing the, the thing and Iron Pentacle is, is a lot of shadow stuff and looking at where you may be out of balance or looking at where you're not right sized and blah 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 so, you know, for the last six weeks, a lot of this stuff has been coming up for me. And I've been having some health issues that have not just started in the last six weeks, but have been um, actually happening for several years. And it's just started to ramp up this last year. So I'm actually, you know, taking action and, and looking at that and trying to do something about it rather than just going, wow, these health issues are annoying. Um and Elvira and I, we had a conversation the other day, and you just, you mentioned something about 
how busy my my schedule is and how hectic my schedule is and and of course you know the the symptoms I'm manifesting are going to be manifesting and I I thought that already like that wasn't some a, a new thing but I've actually this year I've uh, attempted to cut back a lot on my um, obligations and I have cut back a lot on my obligations and yet I am still ridiculously busy and a little bit overbooked and and I don't know hearing those words come out of your mouth and that moment with you know all of the other things going on it was like the perfect storm and it just sort of hit me mm-hmm. in a very different way than it had before like oh right like I I don't make enough space to slow down I don't make enough space to be quiet I don't make enough space uh, to do nothing, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and how unhealthy that is, and even the moments where I am slowing down, you know, like I, I'm going on vacation. Elvira and I have talked a lot about our summer plans. I'm going on vacation with my my daughter. I haven't been on a real vacation in many years because my vacations are spiritual retreats where uh, I might actually be holding a leadership role. So I'm still working. Uh, and a and a spiritual retreat can be a vacation, but it's not really. You're you're doing hard work. You're doing self reflection. You're you're practicing spiritual concepts. That's not complete release from life. And and maybe that is not true for everyone. But my life, my entire life, is my spiritual path. Like that, my work, my job, the way I get paid, all of those things are related to my spiritual path. So going to a spiritual spiritual retreat. It actually works. Like, you know, I need to go to Disneyland and do nothing for three days but ride roller coasters, you know. So um, I just want, I wanted to thank you, Elvira, for saying the obvious thing to me because uh, it just, it, it, it peels back a layer of onion. And I feel like I've had this, this shift in uh-huh. perspective this week. So thank you for your wisdom and counsel. I shared that with my class, too, like, okay, everybody, Elvira does readings, and she does readings here at Milk and Honey, and she's amazing, and she transformed my life this week. Come and see Elvira. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're shifting all the excitement and energy and things. Thank you. I will, I will hope to mm-hmm. rise to the occasion. <laughs> People will say things to each other, and they're, they're, they cook. I had a very dear friend yeah. of mine, and she wasn't a friend when I first started my, my trek after my husband died. She had been someone I knew because he was, she was a client of my husband's, and I got to know her a little socially. But she, when she pointed things out, they were blunt. They were, they were like, uh, you know, just there. And more than one time I would find myself um, – coming back saying you were right after huffing off or <clears throat> my natural inclination when somebody says something to me is, you know, huh, huh. you know, I'll, I'll try to listen right. to it, but it's like, how can you tell me that? I know what I'm, 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 you know, I'm focused here, but see, sometimes it is just that somebody saying something to you. And then it's being, as you say, the perfect storm with what was culminating. And, you know, we all are. The things that I have found the hardest in my life is to sit and do nothing. I kid you not. I'm I'm just as active and have been over the years like you, not as, in the same ways, but um, 
it was very difficult. When I went to start visiting my daughter, and, mm-hmm. of course, I do readings, you know, I, I, I keep up my, my because it's, it's a flow of income. Um, but there were times when, I mean, she was working, and I was sitting there, and I'm like, what do I fucking do with myself? You know, it's like, what is rest? <laughs> You know, so I I started yeah. doing things that I I started with like okay I'm taking myself out to lunch and then it was then I'm yeah. going to go find a place and be with it and it was you will those are the things you will need to do when you're in France and England rather right. than right. everything because. I know what a vacation is like when I've gone, like, I'm going to Hawaii. And so we do paragliding and we do scuba diving and we do. And, you know, the whole idea was, you know, to go sit on a beach and do nothing and you're doing everything else. Right. Right. So, yeah, um, exactly. But spiritual retreats are difficult. I do understand that, especially, like, what you do, you, you teach. You're, you're, um, you're asked to teach or you suddenly find yourself stepping into it for some other reason. Um and then you have to learn the word no. <laughs> it's not no, I'm not going to yeah, keep exactly. the flow going. You know, but it's yeah. no, I need space for me now. You know, and... Right, uh, right. The so thing that I, I've I, had to really step into is not just immediately saying yes. And I think that this is, you know, a universal thing that a lot of people might benefit from. But, you know, when I get asked to do something or, or present somewhere or whatever my first inclination is, oh, my gosh, yes, because I'm excited, and I'm excited to have been invited, and uh, and I love doing projects, I love teaching, I love all the things, so my first inclination is yes. And I don't necessarily look at the calendar or look at what else I may have going on that month or look at, uh, you know, how is this going to feed me with everything else going on in my life. And, and I think slowing down and saying, you know what, this sounds exciting and amazing. Let me get back to you. I need to actually look if I can make this happen. And I've been having to do that. And that's been hard. Uh, but it's uh, it's forced me to say no to some things that I probably would have just jumped on because it sounded so fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it seems to be universal because my week – what has been happening is people have been doing exactly that. They've been asking for help, and, you know, they'll ask for yeah. help 24-7 if given a chance because we all are going through things no matter what, and we want to help. Uh, but using that other word is learning boundaries, not uh, – it's learning boundaries as opposed to – Stopping flow, stopping, you know, because especially in our, our field, our world, um, you know, the, 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 to be open to the things to come and then to be aware of them and then to work with them. And, you know, that's what we've been taught. That's, you know, the, the process of manifestation. And when we start saying, no, we're closing down the source, well, that's, there is a fine right. line as to Right, what it's discernment. That. Yes, yes. And, yeah. um we all learn it over and over again. So lucky you, you got a big epiphany. Um, just be aware that it never stops. It always will come in other, other shapes and sizes. And, oh, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, uh, it's, it's when you learn to 
back away from things enough so you give yourself some time, you know, like, oh, I want to go sit in the garden and I look at those weeds and, yeah, maybe I'll pull them. No, I think I'll just sit here and look at everything pretty rather than getting out. (laughs) I come home and and I look out and, you know, what I found is I give myself permission to do, you know, I have to know when to when to stop. You know, I'm I'm one right. of those like you that keeps going like the ever ready bunny. You know, that battery operated keeps on going. So I come home and I'll notice that I've got weeds out. Well, they rained, of course, made it happen. So the front has some weeds, and I've been watching them for you know weeks, two weeks, three weeks. And finally, the other day, I went over and I got my little trowel and I I dug them out. Now, I didn't go anywhere else. I just did exactly what I had, you know, saw and felt that needed to be done and then came in. And I felt really accomplished, not like I had misplaced my energy. But I think that was, for me, a big learning lesson because then I'd have gone, okay, let me look at the side, let me go in the back, you know. And i just come off of work where, you know, I mean, depending on what I'm doing, it also is active and engaging and, you know, the idea of, of sitting quietly is, you know, what you want to do. Like, I want my dinner. I want to sit quietly. Maybe I'll binge watch on something I really like. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, but, um, and that's, I think, a very big lesson for all of us. But in the spiritual field, I think it's incredibly important to learn. Absolutely. So I thank you for the the uh, compliment and the acknowledgement. And I'm sure that somewhere down the road, you'll be the one saying it to me when I'm, doing something that you look at me and you're going, well, take it easy. Give some space. So, but, um, so on that, and for me, it's, you know, I look at my, my time here and I go, okay, I get this going and I get that going. I, as I said, I vacuumed my house and I really did it thoroughly because I'm going to flea bomb it, which I do every six months, um, and it's that time. And uh, yeah. the dogs get to go to the groomers and get all treated and cleaned up and everything. So, and of course, I found side projects, just like, oh, I need to do this. So I had to actually, you know, I was very conscious um, to not get sidetracked so much, but to get certain things done that when you're moving it and you go, why haven't I taken care of this in seven months? So right. it always comes around. But yep. I'm glad that uh, that you know, and it, I'm glad that this happens so you can go to France and England and enjoy with the with the mindset that that's part of the whole process to to right, refresh yourself. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So there we are, and um, here we are. We actually, start talking about what what our well, I mean, this is part of our it. topic. We, we all, you know, our our scheduled topic but our you know topics also have things like you know be aware of how much you choose to put your energy out so you do avoid depleting yourself um over and over again you know we all know we'll push for something like you know the the push to get your daughter you know through her graduation time that was important because it was a deadline it had a certain thing but then you know for me it's like pushing to get ready to go to arkansas and so getting all the things done, but not overdoing it. That's that's our big lesson for everyone, not overdoing, no matter what. So bottle spell, yeah. what do we want to start, you know, bringing forth? What is a bottle spell? 
Are you asking me? <laughs> well, that was a good point. I don't know. I just threw it out there as one of those side notes since I was already babbling. But a bottle cell is a container that you put. And it doesn't require just a bottle. It can be any kinds of things. Um, that you put herbs and different things in for a particular reason. And I'm going to let you take off right. on a generic here for whatever you want to go on. Yeah. Well, um, so one of the most common, in my opinion, bottle spells that people may have actually heard of already um, is a witch bottle. And a witch bottle is used for protection. Um, one of the ways that I was taught, and I've, I've been taught how to make a witch bottle in two or three different traditions, one of them being hoodoo, although in hoodoo they don't call it a witch bottle. Uh, and then in two different witchcraft traditions, we've made witch bottles, and my teachers have not exactly explained where they learned it from besides their teachers. So I feel like the origins of this are pretty universal and I've done a little research and digging but you know you can't trust everything you read so I'm not really certain but they have been um, they have been found in homes old homes all over the world they have been dug up on the east coast from different plantations where slavery was a thing Um, so it's pretty universal but the basic concept is you take a jar and you put all kinds of stuff in it to keep negativity away. So you fill it up with needles and nails and broken glass and shards of mirror in some cases. Um, in some, sorry, let me start that over. In some traditions, um, you would potentially urinate in the jar. I'm not a fan of that. I, I Personally, I think that there are other ways to use your urine for protection that doesn't go into a witch jar. Um, but the idea is the ammonia, um, you know, so you could use ammonia. But, again, to me this is dangerous. I think putting a, a potentially volatile substance in a sealed container and then burying it in your yard just feels dangerous to me. So, you know, proceed at your own risk. But you fill a jar with these items and then you bury it in your front yard and it serves as a, a protection barrier, a um you know, it, it's like I, I often think about a porcupine. Like I've, I've created my own little porcupine that just stays wrapped up in a little ball right here, and, and it traps any negativity. It stops any harm. It keeps anyone from messing with my space or the people within that space. Right. And right. I feel like that's a really easy and good example of a witch bottle. Um, but that could be also transferred into all other kinds of, of magical spells, really. Mhm, mhm. Of course, of course. It's funny um, you talk about, and and I have. Witch bottle is one of those that is like, as a protection, learned pretty quickly. You know, when they start getting into spell work and things like that, you know, it's kind of like they just you you get it. It's part of it. Um, and as I say, there's always good stories when you start talking about things. Um, <laughs> different stuff. My my husband, my my deceased husband, um, my last one, he truly believed he was you know, his was the spirit of dog. He was born in the Chinese mm-hmm. spirit of dog. Took it literally. So uh, when you're talking about protection I mean in 
other areas, the dogs mark their territory. And then that would be how he would do it. And when I first got together with him, I kind of was a little bit like, uh, why are you, you know, going outside? And, you know, of course we all know there's a certain stance, a certain way that men handle being in that space where they're doing their business. And I would yeah. occasionally, I'd look out and I'd see that, and I kind of never really thought much about it, except that I thought it was kind of strange. But then I put two and two together, and that was the, the circumstances. So when you use urine to mark your territory to, you know, in the old days I was taught when you go out camping and, you know, you did your th- you would urinate around your place, your 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 campground right. to mark this is mine um but in a bottle it it it's a container and so it contains more um yeah urine has been an age old one to utilize and i'm sure that you know who knows what the bottles are when they pick it up finally and do it but um all of the sharp objects are part of it you know that is something that uh, I also have done actually um, when I have moved into places. So to to do that, and sometimes it's been under floorboards at the door, um, at the entrance of your property. You know, it depends on different things as to where you how you want to do the protection um, and how you want to add it. But vinegar is also a very good uh, substitute for pee. Um, or urine. I mean, we're getting scientific about it. Um, but I also have used that as a, a way to use it for protection spells. And specifically, we started with protection. Um, there are a lot of other versions of what jars, jar spells are used for, but protection is usually the first and foremost in our traditions of witch, witchcraft. What we've done to, to safeguard our home, our families, our business, things like that. <clears throat> so, but as you have said, there are other spells that we have learned from other traditions as well. But um, there's sweetening spells, which is, of course, a lot of times is used for love, and um, then you know prosperity spells that we can you know put in jars. So, do you want to jump right. off with something you know? Because I know. One of the things both Phoenix and I obviously talk about is that we have learned and worked <clears throat> the hoodoo tradition. And, you know, honey jars are very um, standard, very common, very part mm-hmm. of their Yeah. Um, I never really – I knew we – you know, honey, molasses, you know, that kind of a um, substance, uh, but n- – I never really thought of it as much as I do now because I've had that focus for so long, especially being right. clients that want certain things. And, of course, we that's one of the things we obviously part of our little repertoire. So right. what do you think about honey spells and molasses, things like that? Yeah, so um, I've actually, I'm on several different, Facebook groups for different magic and esoteric things. And, um, you know, I, I find it really interesting, the reaction to honey jars. There's uh, different feelings out there. I like honey jars. I think that they're 
um, very effective for doing spiritual work, especially spell work. I think that they are, um, they can be really smooth and easy. However, I, they can also be slow. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that I would say about doing a honey jar is I think it's really good for making a challenging relationship more clear, a little bit more smooth, a little bit more easy. Um, And, yeah, yeah. So maybe I should back up. I'm realizing that I'm, like, talking about honey jars as if everyone's going to hear the word honey jar and go, oh, yeah, I know what that means. But a honey <laughs> jar, you know, you you use a sweet ingredient like molasses or sugar or honey or, or syrup to sweeten a relationship um, so that you could do this with a partner, a lover, a friend, a, a boss, or a judge in a court situation. But you do the honey jar spell to shift someone's feelings that they are sweeter to you, right? And it can give you the upper hand in a situation where you're dealing with the court system or um, a legal system or a professional situation, or it can bring a relationship back into a a better flow, a better place. Uh uh Um, So, um, you know, I think that honey jars are really good. The downside to a honey jar is it, it honey moves slowly. If you pour honey from one container to another, it moves slowly. If you are um, using honey in a, in a binding spell, right? People who do binding spells will often use something sticky like honey to stick things together. So it also can be used for the quite the opposite, you know, where you make things stuck rather than make things smooth. But the idea is that it sweetens the situation. So if you want sweetening to happen really fast, if it needs to happen tomorrow, um, a honey jar may help, but it may be too late. You know, you need a honey jar that you can work with over time when you have some space to improve a situation. Uh, It's not always good for an emergency, in my opinion. And the other downside to honey specifically, some other sweeteners, you don't necessarily run into this issue, but honey will start to crystallize. And when it crystallizes, it's stuck. And you either need to heat that jar up to get it smooth again, or you need to look at a different way of doing the spell work because your honey's stuck. Right. And it, it becomes rigid. So even the flow and the, right. the concept of what you started it tends to be stuck. You're right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. And, you know, that there are many ways to do honey jars, obviously, um, you have the honey. Uh, people, uh, one thing that is pretty common is that you either get a picture of the person or you write down uh, your request, your petition, and, uh, you know, there's certain ways to do it. In, in the hoodoo tradition, of course, you, you do it in a specific way, and um, most of us that have trained that way kind of made it, a combination of what we normally have done and then this that's kind of our own version. Um, and then, you know, sometimes you, you put in, you know, some of their hair, their personal concerns, 
um, if it's mm-hmm. a love situation, if it's a court situation, um, you know, it, it's kind of hard to put in concerns of judges and lawyers and people. But right, but probably... you can get a hold of their signature if you yeah. have legal documents. If you've been served uh, any type of subpoena or legal documents, there will be the name of the judge on that. And often there is a handwritten signature that you can cut out if you're brave enough to do that and put that in the honey jar. Right. So there is that. I've done quite and, a few of those myself. <laughs> ah, see, there you go. We all, you know, we all kind of we have our little thing. I'm, you know, with the last name Love, you kind of get a, you know, I'm stereotyped. <laughs> um, but it, it, and then some herbs. Sometimes people, you know, like you little make a little packet where you kind of layer things, and you maybe two little mini lodestones or magnets. Um, and, you know, if you're trying to bring something, you know, two people together, keep them together, or if you want to draw something to you, it's a single magnet or, or lodestone to draw. And, and you kind of then fold it all up. You fold it, you know, the whole purpose here is when you're in traditional. You fold it towards you if you want it to come towards you. And I usually tell people, you know, once they fold it, is to get thread appropriate to whatever you're doing and tie the thread so you tie it together. Um, because it will tend to open up. I mean, it's only got the pressure right. of whatever your hands are. And then you push it in the honey, and, you know, technically you're supposed to, you know, and this is only for people that are not diabetic. Um, you know, you're supposed to have some of that honey that when you push your finger in it, you you, in, you lick it, you, in, you know, ingest it to take it into your body. And that's very right. kudu. Um tend to be, again, a combination. So um, I use a lot of sugar, mostly when it's very quick. And, and it is in a container yeah. spell, but, you, you know, I tend to use sugar because it's something you can, sh- if it's in a bottle and you've got your, your petition or your things and you shake it, it's quick. It sweetens things quickly. You know, you want it to come to you as opposed to the, the syrupy ones. But um, we should address what to do if, when something happens and you're done, what do you do to dispose mm-hmm. of the the uh, the bottle spell? So we'll, we'll you know I mean we've already done the protection, um, right? And then of course we have the honey, the sweetening spell. So how do we get rid of them? You know people go, I'll throw them in the trash, and I'm going, no, don't, you know. <laughs> Because yeah, I have... um, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I so I for a minute there uh, in my past, I had probably a dozen honey jars going at once for clients because that was kind of like I don't know. There was a minute where that was my my thing. You, you know, every, magical work when you're a, a professional witch, I suppose, goes in cycles and. Sometimes you're doing more of this kind of spell work and or that kind of spell work or whatever. Um, and I just notice things happen in bunches. So I often have, you know, oh, I have a bunch of love candles burning right now. Or, oh, look at all these honey jars people have asked me to do. Or, oh, wow, I just made a dozen mojos. How weird. Um, but for a minute there, I had quite a few honey jars going. And it, it, um, 
I give my clients, I burn, the way that I work is I, I make a honey jar. I charge to create the honey jar. I burn candles on top of the honey jar for a full lunar cycle for, for a month. And then at the end of the month, we touch base and see how did it go? Are you noticing shifts? Do you want to keep going with this working? Uh, yes or no? And if yes, then obviously we go for another month. If no, then I give them a 30-day window before I dispose of the honey jar. So I say, okay, you don't want to continue the working. I will keep this honey jar on my altar. And then at the end of 30 days, unless I hear from you, I'm going to release this working. Uh, and so, Or on the other side, I also offer to send the honey jar to the client if they want to continue to work it. So, so after the 30-day window, people haven't responded to me. Then I go to the crossroads and I dump out that honey jar. Um, I pour it. There's a ravine behind my house <laughs> where uh, I go, I open the jars, I release them, and then I bring the jars home, and I clean them, I scrub them out, I dishwasher them, and I clean them with Florida water after they've been run through the dishwasher. So I do a full-on cleanse of that container. Uh, the one thing that... Um, if I for I don't tend to use non-organic ingredients in anything that I do just because I'm eco-conscious, but occasionally I've done I've added like a little plastic baby into a honey jar or some other thing. I don't leave those in the ravine, <laughs> but anything that is organic material I leave in the in the crossroads where this ravine is, uh, and that is what I suggest to people when they are done with their honey jar. I suggest that they disperse the container at a crossroads and either throw the glass away or clean it really good. But I think I might be a little bit of a heretic in that regard. What do you do with them, Elvira? Well, um, most of the time I don't do honey jars for clients. I'm kind of a little bit, I work a little differently. When I get clients that want honey jars, I will um, counsel them and teach them uh, you know, how to put it together, and I have them do it if it is work that finally ends and they've chosen to not do this anymore. I, I also give them exact, pretty much what you've said, you know, to take the jar and go to an area, wooded area, an area where it's nature, um, maybe not a crossroads, but a nature, and I tell them to open it up and empty it, and anything that is organic leaves, and any of the little packet that they put together to take it, open it up, and, you know, basically take the, the papers and things. And then they can throw the papers in a trash can, but basically uh, it's breaking apart everything. And then, you know, the jar for them, I would say, you know, dispose of it in a trash can in an appropriate way uh, in terms of that because of the circumstances. I... And that's for, you know, even if you're looking at a, a protection bottle, when you leave the area that you're leaving, the same thing is true. You empty it. But the fact that you put nails and pins and stuff like that, I would say that's a trash can, you know, uh, process to take that out. But it's to break apart the spell. You don't just put the whole thing in. And I've had a couple of people who have, and I'm like, no. Because what you've done is you kept the spell alive, <laughs> though it is the same right. work. 
it's still alive. So, I mean, even if it's sort of on a coma, in a like a coma, it's still there. It hasn't, you know, which is, you know, if you, especially with things that are love, keeps people kind of pining away underneath everything. And you're like, no, you don't. You, you want to avoid that if you're you're done working it. Open it up. Break it apart. But yeah. like you, I'm very adamant, like, take the honey and take the things that are, you know, of nature and return it. And then if you choose to use the, the jar again, then do exactly what you suggested, which is, you know, scrub it out completely and thoroughly and, you know, do all of that. Most of my clients tend to take the, the container and throw it in a trash can, appropriate trash can. So, uh, but that would be, you know, one of the biggest things about spells. And, you know, you can do, uh, even with protection, you can do the same thing as a quick protection. You put salt in a container and you do the same thing with um with the uh, as an ingredient as opposed to ammonia or urine or you know something you know of that nature uh vinegar uh there is one thing we need to we need to do and i suspect we should take a break i'm looking at our time for our fabulous oh, yeah. um, uh <laughs> commercial and then we'll be back but we need to talk about vinegar bottles and jars and containers for uh, negative work because that is yes. part of it. Yeah, I wanted to talk about shaking as well. I think that's important. Yes. So we'll get to yes. that after our break. Yes. We'll, we'll be right back. Back in a moment. quick for at least a sip of water to keep from sounding gravelly. Okay, so you were <laughs> going to talk about shaking. <laughs> we're talking shaking yeah. jars, not anything else. Yeah, so um, one of the things with container spells, and this can work for any type of spell work, protection, love, cursing, whatever, you name it, you can shake up the jar. Now, I wouldn't suggest doing this with a witch bottle because you bury that, right? And it's full of sharp things. You don't want to shake it and break the jar. But if you notice you, you're, you're not getting movement, if you notice the thing isn't happening, uh, if you notice that the energy around your spell feels a little flat, then you can shake the jar. The thing is when you shake up the jar, you want to be clear of what your intention is. 
if you're doing a, uh, if you're shaking for love or money or anything that's sort of a positive calling in, you want to really be feeling that. Like I am shaking this jar, and as I shake, like I feel the coins of heaven falling in my lap. I'm shaking this jar, and I can feel dollar bills flying into my pocketbook, or shit, a hundred dollar bills flying into my pocketbook. You want to focus on the goal. You want to pray. You want to chant. You want to sing. You want to add your energy. The whole purpose of the shaking is to um, raise energy around the spell that you're doing. If it's a curse that you're doing or some sort of negative working, you want to focus your anger or the, the negative energy that you're feeling. If you're banishing something or sending something away um, or, you know, well, whatever, I'll, I'll refrain from going into too much detail there. But you want to send the, the negative energy, the, the, the anger, the frustration, whatever, into the shaking process. Um, and again, you want to state your intention and say your prayer and, and chant and sing or whatever, but it's a much different energetic focus. Um, so I think shaking is an important part of jar spells, especially if it's not manifesting as quick as you want. Right. And I, and I would think, you know, by shaking it or, you know, engaging in that energy movement, uh, you also keep it from the the honeys from crystallizing because it's movement. You're you're continuing right. to create some kind of movement, and you know, like anything, when there is no movement, it it becomes stuck. So you know, that's mm-hmm. a sidebar that I was just when you were talking, I was going, oh, well, that would also possibly help with the honey jar crystallizing. Um, but now we're going to jump into the one part. <laughs> you and I both. I don't practice it. I don't work with clients in this way but it doesn't mean I don't know how to do it are the mm-hmm. the negative aspects and, and specifically in bottle spells um, you know the vinegar is a very common use of vinegar jars and vinegar spells to to do uh, breakup or um, some kind of negative work that you want so and again you would add ingredients that would be um, pointy and sharp, very much like a protection spell bottle, but with a different purpose in mind, um, creating people to fight and uh, be uh, hostile to each other and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, right. Do you have any? I'm, I'm going to gloss. You know, and when I say gloss over it, we we will be doing um, a show uh, later in the year. Uh, about cursing and crossing and things of that yep. nature. Yeah. It is something that is part of it. We may not personally spend a lot of time in our practices or our work, but it is something of knowledge, and we would do it. So I would tend to say we'll do a lot more of that on that show than we are here with doing this kind right. of thing. What do yeah. you have to add? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the thing with cursing is that before you can talk about any type of cursing spell work or the details of what to do is to understand what your own personal ethics and code of conduct is. Um, You know, there are definitely some traditions that frown upon cursing work. There are some traditions of witchcraft where you take an oath, basically, to say I won't do any negative or cursing work. But it is very... uh, fuzzy the line what what does cursing mean 
one of the traditional spells in hoodoo is hot foot. It's to send someone away. Now you can send someone away with all of the best intentions and that they, you know, if you hate a coworker and you don't want to curse them, but you want to, you want them to get a different job in a different department, you could do a hot foot spell to send them away and have really great um, response from that. But some people would consider that cursed because you're putting your will over someone else's will, right? So you have to understand what your ethics are before you go down the road of cursing and where your personal line is. And it's, in my opinion, important to really understand that before you take on doing that kind of work. And the reason that I say that is because when you get triggered, when you find yourself in a really challenging situation, when, uh, when your kid's being bullied at school, when your spouse has an affair, when your boss demotes you for bullshit reasons, when, when you get into a really hostile argument with someone, all of these things can trigger you, and all of a sudden you're willing to throw some black magic at someone. I've been there. <laughs> uh, so I've been witchcraft for tw- Still, like a year ago, it, someone in traffic uh, was being just disgustingly hostile in traffic, and I was I pulled up next to them and 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 he flipped me the bird and I was like wow you are being extremely hostile and then he spat on my car and I snapped I freaking snapped I lost it and I was like oh you messed with the wrong person you just gave me your personal effect you dumb mf'er I was so mad I actually pulled over got out of my car used a tissue to collect his spit and was prepared to go home and curse the heck out of this guy. And thankfully, I was picking up my kid from school. She talked me down. <laughs> um, and by the time I came home, I did actually end up doing spell work on the situation, but it wasn't so that he would die in fiery car crash, which is where I was when he first spat on me, you know. Um, so you have to really understand what your motivations are and what your triggers are, because when you get pushed, is when you will push back. And after the fact, after you've done the curse, if that's not your normal proclivity, you might be like, oh, yikes. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done that, you know? So, uh, but bottle spells are great for doing cursing work because you can fill it, you fill the bottle with all sorts of gross things and then you store them in your bathroom right by the toilet tank so that every time you flush, the energy of that of, of human waste going through the tubes is impacting that, that um, jar. It's being hit with it every time someone uses the bathroom in your house. Uh, it's not pretty. No, it's, it isn't. Uh, you can always find it's, a pretty it's very box or something to put them in and stick them there like Nothing, right? decorative. Yeah. Get creative. <laughs> right. <laughs> And and I think that there are times, um, you know, if you know that there is an abuser uh, who's still actively abusing, if there's a serial killer in your neighborhood, if there's someone who's harming animals in your neighborhood, like, that, you know, I'm not against doing the right kind of magic in the right kind of situation. I'm not necessarily opposed to cursing, but I think it needs to be sought out very cautiously and carefully. And we'll talk more about all of this on the episode dedicated to it. Um, but jar spells are a really 
good way of doing that kind of work because it is contained. Uh, And you can focus all of your negative energy, all of your negative thoughts, all of your anger on that jar. Um, And then it, it kind of works for itself when you put it right by the toilet. It works for itself. Mm-hmm. That's very brilliant, very brilliant. I would not necessarily automatically have thought of that, but I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I did want to say, and it's it's kind of it's not off topic as far as what vinegar and you know cursing and and things, but I will definitely reiterate from Phoenix: you really need to be, you need to have that moment of silence to re. Set yourself to determine that because people do this kind of work and the spell work. I had a lady who was so upset and she wanted this man and she wanted to break this thing up. She went and she shook that bottle and it broke and it went all over her, you know, meaning the the liquid went all over her. And um, you have to, you know, so when you shake it, it can't be, (laughs) you have to tone it down, number one, number two, you really do need to be uh, aware and centered about what it is you're actually doing it for. And sometimes we do things, and again, this will be uh, back on another show, for reasons that I, I would have to say, no matter how justified you feel at that very, very moment, that it ultimately, when the when things kind of, you, you step back a bit, things happen, time happens, you go, why did I do that? You know, that was stupid. Right. So, right. but containers, I have found a unique way to recycle things. And I know this is kind of strange. I don't do this, you know, I do do a lot of things where um, it's a one-time shot. But um, I have been collecting over the years different little um, things that uh, come in jars. For instance, um, I have little containers that are uh, jars that cream has come in, you know, uh, face cream and things like that, and I wash it out and clean it out and scour it out, and I will take and remove the writing on it, you know, things of that nature, and basically use that. So it's kind of like a recycle of things that I have had, and I utilize them rather than, you know, just going out and getting, you know, another jar. Obviously, some right. things you do. But um, these, and it's fascinating because I, I did that. I started that a long time ago, and, and I never even thought why I was going to do this. And I had this whole uh, container of all these little jars. And, you know, they're, they're portable, too, so you don't have to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. to put in a bunch of stuff into a nice jar, but they're portable. So if there's something you want to take with you, it doesn't look obvious, It you know. So it's something that you can think of in terms of how to recycle, repurpose some of the things that you do have and will basically, you know, kind of help our environment as well. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but that, you know... Container spells are a myriad things. You know, you can, you know, some people actually decorate and make things even prettier if they're, you know, things that they want for a positive nature. And so there's a lot of things you can add to the exterior or, you know, sometimes paint. I know that um, Lucky Mojo actually does have certain little 
containers, bottles that have all kinds of mm-hmm. things on it that you can utilize and a picture inside yeah. and stuff. So it's it has a, uh, a wide range of how far you want to engage in putting your energies, your creativity in over and above the magical side. Right. So. Yeah, and I think that's important. I think, you know, I do that with, with candles as well, is decorating the container. Um, you know, especially if you're an artistic person or the aesthetics of something is important to you, taking your time to decorate the outside of the container just adds another layer of correspondence. If, you, if you're doing love work and you paint a jar red and you draw hearts all over it and you incorporate symbols, you know, your astrological symbol and your partner's astrological symbol or whatever, or if you're really gifted and you can draw like a, an image of the two of you together, or even gluing a photograph, you know, any way that you can incorporate more of a personal touch is good. Mm-hmm. And it also puts more of your energy into the process. Right. And these are all, and, you know, people do them and then they say, well, you know, I'll hide them. And yes, but everyone, you know, when you work them, they need to come out. So um, places where you can put them to look at them, if they're in a place like your money corner of your uh, <clears throat> your room or your house or something and you have that you decorate it um, love things right. you know, a lot of times people I will say this and I remember actually Miss Cat saying is that people do honey jars even when they're married for years and years and years to keep their relationship strong and sweet and you know joined and that would be something you keep out where the two of you um, engage in that process so it's a positive. It's not just I want so-and-so and I want him to or her to love me and I'm going to make this honey spell and blah, 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 blah. But a lot of times it's about keeping the relationship sweet and in creating that connectedness between the two of you, even if your partner may not be all that, you know, like I'm not into magic, you know, but it's the idea. Mm-hmm. It's like you have something special that you put out that you both look at as something that's your special thing it could be you know any number of uh items that you know you found this in a in an antique store you know when you were on your honeymoon and you just love it and sit it in you know a particular place in your house well the same thing is true with these kinds of things as far as positive things the negative things you definitely put those in an area where people like Phoenix was saying, behind the toilet, somewhere where people aren't going to see it, you know, in terms of right. that kind of thing. So, yeah, but very, very uh, intriguing and creative. Again, I think the part that I like about things of this nature is that they're creative. You can, you know, as you yeah. say, decorate the outside. We can do the kinds of herbs. I mean, and the correspondences for those things are as we said before in other shows, you know, tables of correspondences are very popular and very good to have, you know, with you in some way, whether it's printed or on your tablet or on your computer or, you know, in your phone, that kind of thing that you can refer to. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. Well, I don't well, know. Do we have any final thoughts? Because we, we've just sort of buzzed through this show really quickly. Yeah, I think we're right about at time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I know that 
um, in light of where this is. I remember sitting with you on phone and talking about our pre-records and our things, and it will come up in the, in our list of shows. I just don't know where, <laughs> but it'll be while we're right. both gone. So um, yeah, but there's lots of fun things coming and. Uh, at the beginning of September, we'll yeah. be doing a, an Ask a Witch episode. So you have time to start thinking if there's a topic you want to hear us banter about. If you've got a question, um, you know, go to our website, witchpriestesscauldron.com, and send us a note with your question and your name, and we will um, see if we can get that answered on the show. Not all questions get answered, but we definitely do our best. So. Send them in. Yes, definitely, definitely. And uh, I believe the next show actually that will be on for this week, well, the week that we're pre-recording is going to be for the summer solstice. And it mm-hmm. uh, be coming up. And then um, we have, I think, technically one more live show before all of our pre-records will be hit on uh, right. the radio. Yeah. Our adventure for the summer be, almost is here to begin. <laughs> That's right. The fun is coming. Yes, definitely. Well, my dear, I think we can bid our audience adieu or two, and yes. uh, we will see you all on the radio uh, in pre-records for um, several weeks, but then in September, as Phoenix said, we will be live with Ask a Witch. So bring That's right. your uh questions out there and we'll see what we can do yep and happy summer solstice and happy summer solstice (laughs) bye bye Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet, and merry part, and merry meet again. Blessed be. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.